Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. This is Trent. I'm here with Alan today, and we are enjoying just visiting, talking about the the people that we have around us that help us and to do ministry. And so, so today, Alan, we want to kind of share that with some, with our listeners, and and we want to talk about people that we need to have around us that we need to have gathered around us as part of our ministry. So um, I know that you've had some great examples of this, and so help us out get started. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about the different kind of people who have walked along um, in, in my life, and I know in our talks that you've had those same people in your life. And we want to talk today about six different types of people that you need in your life. And I understand that some people may feel fill two roles, but I also think that there, there's never a chance for us to not have more people investing in us and us investing in them. And so I think the more more people you can have filling these roles, the, the better off in your life. But these are just six areas where I really think that we need someone um, that can help us endure because if we don't have them, we're probably not going to endure. Right. Well, and that's, you know, Alan, you and I both, we've had those people around us in our hard times that have kept us going. and uh, And so... Yeah, these are really important people, and, and we wouldn't be in the ministries that we are today if it had not been for people who helped us to grow, um, you know, and uh, pointed us in right directions when we were going off in left field. So I think this is great. And so the very first one that, that Alan, you have on our list today is a cultivator um, and someone who brings out the best in you. And so when you think of that, Alan, what, what comes to mind and maybe who comes to mind? And so when I was early on in ministry, I actually had someone who's in the role I'm in now. They kind of took me under their, their wing and they helped cultivate in me some of those things in ministry that maybe I'd missed out on in sem seminary or in other parts of my preparation um, for ministry. But when I think about someone who's cultivating, you know, I was in a farming community. You know, and the soil has to be turned over. And it's not a once in a lifetime type thing. It is something that has to be done, you know, every year. If you want to farm the ground, you've got to cultivate it. You've got to turn it over and get to the good stuff. And that's really what a mentor does in your life. They cultivate mm -hmm. you. They help you get to the good stuff um, in your life. And so maybe it's a mentor. Maybe it's a consultant. But it's mm -hmm. someone who can help you get to places in your life and in your ministry that you're not going to get to on your own. Well, I like the the picture of these two different folks because really they can be two different folks or filling two different roles in our lives. You know, the mentor, um, when we're we're growing and learning, they they're helping us and answering questions. Uh, consultants sometimes we need to come in and speak to us and show us things that we're not seeing. Um, and so I think both of these are very, very important. So the second one, you know, Trent, if, if the cultivator is someone who's important, there's also some, someone else who's important. And this is that kindred spirit. That's the someone who kind of gets you. They, they understand who you are. Maybe they see kind of ministry through the, through the same lens and they kind of see things in a similar vein from you. And, you know, everyone wants someone who gets them, someone who, who understands them and, and gets what they're going through. You know, someone who maybe shares your passions. They see the world um, like you do. I'm sure you've had people like that in your life. 
you know, in your different phases of life, you you cannot you kind of connect or uh, with people that are in that same phase of life or have done that same ministry. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a, a pastor, you know, maybe that's somebody who who you can visit with that is dealing with the same types of things that you deal with on a weekly basis um, that understands your phase of life. Maybe you've got, you're raising teenagers right now. And so you've got a, another pastor who's also raising teenagers. And, and so they, they kind of understand that. But then also what Alan was saying is that somebody who also is passionate about the same things that you are, that, that really has that, that, you know, excitement about those same types of things, whether it's evangelism or youth ministry or whatever it is that, that really lights your fire, that you've got somebody that you can bounce ideas off of because they have that same passion and that same drive. And, and so those, those types of people are really great to have in your corner and be able to connect with, even if they're a long ways away and you're just doing Zoom calls or whatever, but it's nice to have that type of person. I have a pastor friend who has a group of three or four guys that he likes to get together with every year. And those are his kindred spirits. You know, they get together, not, not for really anything else, just to have fun and to unwind. And those are because he, you know, he has kindred spirits in, in his life that can help enjoy and just kind of reframe everything in a way that, that helps them get rid of some of the junk that is built up over the course of the last year. And so everybody, Everybody in their life needs that kindred spirit. It could be it could be your spouse. It could be it could be a close friend. Um, but this is more in that friendship role, probably more than in that kind of mentor uh, type role that we looked at in the first one. Now there's a third one, and everybody needs this person. And this is probably someone that you wouldn't go out and necessarily seek, but you need to know who this person is um, in your life. And that is someone who can challenge you. Now, to have a friend who can challenge you and you can still remain friends, that seems like a tall order. But I think it's a really important thing for us to consider. Isn't that great, you know, to have somebody in your life that you trust enough to be really brutally honest um, with you, you know, that can show you, hey, you, you really are going at this wrong or you're seeing this in the wrong way. Um, that challenger can can show you that, and you you still love them. You know, you still appreciate them, and so it's important to have that kind of person. And and you know, you don't want just yes men to be all around you all the time. A wise leader will sit will surround themselves with folks that are that will challenge you a bit. Um, you know, in your in your church, uh, pastors, if, if you're Thinking about the people, the leaders in your church, don't automatically just put everybody as people that will automatically agree. You need to have some of those folks that will say, now, wait a minute, you know, or, and, and kind of put the brakes on um, because, you know, you know that they're thoughtful. They're thinking about details. And Alan and I are not great detail people. And so we need to surround ourselves with people who are thinkers and, and will think through the details. Yeah, and sometimes I, I tend to also be a ready, uh, shoot, aim kind of person. And I need people sometimes who can say, well, have you thought about if you shoot now, um, 
what are you aiming at and can help me see that I don't always know what, what it is that I'm choosing to aim at. So it's important to have a challenger in your life. You know, if you read things on business leadership or, or in other areas of leadership, they will always talk about the importance of having healthy conflict. And healthy conflict is, is, is important um, in the church as well. We need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's very tempting to get defensive when somebody says that they don't agree necessarily with what you're aiming at or what your vision is or where you're taking the church. But those people, they make us think, and so we shouldn't get defensive. We should be get, become good listeners to them. And, you know, we've talked about this lots of times, Alan, but not only listening, but asking questions. You know, why is it that you you don't agree? You know, and, and ask questions so that they can show you and point out to you what things that they see that maybe we're nose blind to, right? Um, and so I think those are really important people. That we can see things we're nose blind to. Exactly. Those things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's so true. We need we need those people. So you need someone who can challenge you in those really times of challenge. Trent, there's a fourth one um, that's really important at the same vein, and that's someone that you can confide in when you need to confide in someone. And you know, I often times found this best um, to be someone who was not in my church. I wanted mm-hmm. someone to confide in who was who was outside my church and could understand the challenges and struggles that I was facing. Yeah, you know, in our heart of hearts, we want it to be somebody maybe in our church, but it's hard to be safe with the person who's in your church and to share those brutally honest hurts, fears, worries with somebody who's in your church um, and struggles that you're dealing with. And, and you know, I think that should always start with with your spouse. You know, that needs to be your your wife and your spouse that can help you. But it's always good then to have somebody, like Alan said, somebody who's um, not in your sphere of influence um, or that you're leading, but that you trust implicitly to keep those things that you share um, just between you and them. Yeah, and some people choose to go to a, even a professional counselor. You know, there's less stigma about doing that than there used to be, and I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. But we all need someone at times that we can go in and just share the brutal, honest reality about who we are and about what we're suffering through, and we need to be able to share those things. So it's important to have that person um, in your yeah. life. Well, and Alan, I want to just throw in here, since you brought up the counselor, I want to say and put in a plug Please avail yourself of counselors. There are some great Christian counselors that can help you in this. Um, you know, and because Dana, my wife, was a counselor, it's, you know, a heartbeat of ours. But, you know, even now, Dana and I, we have counselors in our lives that we can share with when we're struggling with things. And, and they give us perspective. Uh, they give us accountability, which is so good. And uh, I think that's, I'm glad you brought that up, Alan, because I think those are folks we need to uh, use however we can to help us. Yeah, it's not just for your church members that you're sending to, it can be for yourself as well. So, so um, mm-hmm. if 
that God has gifted people in that area. It's, it's wrong of us to rob them of their spiritual giftedness. So uh, the next one, Trent, we want to talk about someone. This is kind of a different role, but that person who resources you, that, that person who helps you find the things that you otherwise would not know. You know, um, I, I remember hearing someone say that the future doesn't belong to people who create new content, but who can help people get to the right content. And I, I think we all need someone, a, a go-to, to get to the right resources in different areas of our lives. So where are you getting resources from? If you just try to, trusting yourself to get them, you're probably always going to find yourself shorthanded. Oh, yeah. You know what, what I think of, Alan, when we bring up this person, a, a resource, or I think of the show MASH and, I, and Radar O'Reilly or Klinger even, Max Klinger. Both of those guys served as that, that resource guy, you know, the one who knew who to call at HQ to get the right stuff because they had sent the wrong stuff to them before. And, and you know, in ministry, there are so many great resources out there, but, but you need to have somebody who can point you to the ones instead of just having to dig through or wade through the Internet and trying to find all that. So, yeah, this, that's a, a very important person. Yeah, and I was thinking, you know, um, just that that person, you know, in your life, and that's a role that you and I kind of have now that we didn't necessarily didn't have before. One of the responsibilities we have in our role is to kind of be a resource person. How, where do we send you? Not that we have to have all the resources, but that we know where to send people to get the right, get the right resources. So that's that's an important part of, of who we are. And, you know, this person may change. This is of all these people. This is someone who may be in and out of your life. Um, it may not even actually be a singular person that, you know, it could be, you know, it could be a database. You know, I think about so, so much of the news today. I read, don't, I don't go to any particular news website, but I get news that has been broken down of, here, here's where you can read about it. This is just the, the subject of what people are talking about or the incident that happened. And, you know, there are people who resource that. And they give me areas in science. They give me areas in, in business. They give me areas in sports. And, you know, I don't know these people, but I count on them for, for my, as my news resource. So I'm not trying to disseminate all the information on my own. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because, um, you know, there are so many books published every year and you just can't keep up with all. And even in your own field, you can't keep up with all of them. And so there are some great um, folks that put together, you know, just kind of a summary, an executive summary of a book. And uh, those are so helpful because you can just get overwhelmed, you know. I, I go to meetings all the time and people are handing me books left and right, which is, is cool, but there's no way I can read all of those. And um, so you, you kind of got to, just like you were saying about news, sometimes with books, you have to be able to get some kind of uh, summary that will help you to find that content that you need. So Trent, we've talked about five of them. You know, we mentioned that you need a cultivator, you need a kindred spirit, you need a challenger. You need a confidant, um, you need a resourcer, and the, the last one, and this one probably goes without saying, but you don't ever want to forget the value of an encourager in your life. An encourager is so important. We all need, you know, we all need that guy like Barnabas in the Bible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, that's so true, and, you know, I, 
I'm so thankful for my wife in this role because she she truly is a cheerleader. You know, she is a helpmate and we work together in ministry, but we also, you know, there are times when I get down in the mouth uh, and she points me back to reality, you know, and shows me the good things that God is doing. And so, you know, if you don't have somebody who's going to lift you up and, and show you reality, that's an that's somebody you need to be looking for. Um, maybe it's somebody in your church. You know, we had folks in our church that, that um, you know, they were, you know, ladies that were involved in different things. And they, you know, they were always positive or gentlemen, you know, that were always positive. And so find those people that, that can point you back to reality because Satan wants you to believe the lies that things are terrible. Yeah, you know, in my first church, I, there was a, a farmer who just had that gift of encouragement. You know, always, you know, preached the worst sermon in the world. And, you know, Pastor, I think God really used that message today, you know. Or <laughs> if I had something to say, well, I wasn't very good today or whatever. He goes, well, it's not about you. You know, it's always about God. Keep your eyes on him. And, you know, just encourage us. Go to lunch with us today. Let us buy your lunch. You know, just... Mm -hmm going out of his way to to be an encourager um, to Rochelle and I, who were so young in ministry. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I've had people um, in my churches and, and outside my churches um, who, who were encouragers, people who who kind of stick by you, even even when they you know the truth about how bad you really can be at times. They just find a way to encourage you and, and keep you keeping on. Yeah, I think that's, you're absolutely right. You need those folks because, again, we just begin to believe how terrible things are. We just, you know, because we, we dwell on that stuff. And so I, wa I wanted to take, Alan, I wanted to go through this because you mentioned something I think is really important that the resourcer can, be, can change from time to time. But I, I wonder if some of these others can change um, in different phases of life, you know, that cultivator, um, there's, God's going to bring some people into your life at different phases and different points that, that you need at that specific place to push you a little bit, to get that best out of you. Um, and I know, Alan, you and I both have been in positions where we kind of been pushed out of our comfort zone and to go do things that we weren't didn't feel trained to do and uh but people who still believed that we could do it and so i think that's an area that somebody can change and god can bring into your life you're probably right I mean, and some of those uh, that maybe they they don't change or maybe you add new ones to the mm -hmm. list that there are more people who are in there but i do want i do want people to think about think about this because there may be a person who f fulfills multiple roles but are you opening your life up enough to allow people to fill these roles? Or have you just narrowed it down to where you're kind of closed off to letting your, this area of influence in your life be, be bigger and, and more impacted? You know, I think the more people we have impacting us makes it easier for us to impact more people. And I think when we are impacted by few, I think we tend to impact few. 
And I think that's kind of one of those dangers. We talk a lot, you and I talk a lot about being isolated or doing Lone Ranger type ministry. And I think that's, that's one of the dangers that we talk about, even if we've not mentioned it directly. Well, thank you for saying that too, because I, I was about to say, hey, we need to ask ourselves, are we filling these roles for anyone else? Uh, you know, that to me, that is a question I need because, yeah, I can be focused on myself, but is, you know, am I just becoming a stinky sponge that sits, soaks and sours, you know, and just letting other people fill up me or am I letting that pass on and, and being a blessing to some other folks? Um, you and I, Alan, we've been in ministry for a long, long time and, and, so I'm enjoying getting to be a blessing to some young guys, uh, you know, but as you listen to this and you think about, hey, am I, whatever age you are, are you being a blessing as a cultivator or kindred spirit or a challenger, a confidant? Are you trustworthy enough to be a confidant? What a great question is that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's good insight and that's a good thought. Are you, are you being that kind of person? You know, Chant, one of the things I love about talking to younger pastors today is, you know, I get to use stories that go back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ain't that the truth? You know, pre-cell pre phone, pre-internet, you know. Um, mm -hmm. My first printer was that dot matrix thing, you know, in yeah. my first church. I had to tear off all the, the little ends of the paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway it is uh it is good good to have those stories and get they they can look at me and go man he's old <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know i think and i think that the younger folks really do appreciate the wisdom we may sometimes look down on them and and talk badly about them but i think they really do appreciate a relationship that brings wisdom with it so don't don't count them out you know Exactly. And I think that's the, the key word, Trent, isn't it? It's relationship. That's what we're talking about. These are relationships you need in your ministry. You need these. You need to be these. And when you become these, um, your, your ministry can be more impactful. So that's kind of what we wanted to just bring to you today. Remember these six things, a cultivator, a kindred spirit, a challenger, a confidant, a resourcer, and an encourager. Yeah, I think this is a great list. I appreciate you putting that together, Alan. And, and so again, we do this. We talk through things like this, topics like this, because we want you to do well. We don't want not just to endure, but we want you to be successful and, and for God to be able to bless you. And so this is a great place for you to, as you gather those people around you and ultimately serve as that for other people, you get to be a blessing. So that's why we do what we do, and we're so thankful that, that you would take a little bit of time out of your schedule. We know you're busy, but thank you for listening to us here at the Enduring Churches podcast, and we hope that you'll tune in next week, and we'll have another great topic to hopefully make you think and hopefully encourage you.